Exodus chapter 14, verse 11. Let me just do a little expository reading. Can I do that? Just a little teaching so we can grasp it. Exodus chapter 14, verse 11. The children of Israel come out of Egypt. They're now standing at the Red Sea. Behind them, the Egyptian army, under the direction of Pharaoh, who has changed his mind, is now after them. Pharaoh's entire workforce has been set free and he has reconsidered and he's after them. There are horses and chariots running after them. They can see them in the not not too far distance and the children of Israel are panicked to know it. And they said, Because there were no graves in Egypt, that's why you brought us out here to die in the wilderness. Why did you do this to us? Why did you carry us out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone? That's not true. That we may serve the Egyptians, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. Of course that's not true. See, they're pinned in between the impossible and the enemy. I know people who confront the impossible and I've seen people being chased by the enemy but when the combination of the two happens it creates terror. No way forward, no way back, no way out. You can't move in any direction. And this is the moment when they will reply with a foolish word. Didn't we tell you Moses to leave us alone? The answer is no, they never said that. When time gets bad, times get bad, people make up things. They hear what they want to hear. They remember things that never happened. Then we tell you, and Moses said to the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. The Egyptians who you see today, you're not going to see them ever again. Would you love for the problem you've been dealing with for a long time? To be wiped out in a single day. And you will never see it again. Wait a second. I feel the Holy Ghost right here. I got a proclamation to make tonight. I'm believing in something. But when there's generational bondage, you got a tough time believing the word of the Lord. But I want to stand here and tell you, God's about to do something. And he's going to change something in this house. Hey! because I'm sad but I'm crying because I'm rejoicing I'm thanking God because greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world and there's no want to them I'm telling you that God is powerful no God like our God I'm almost done here and the Lord verse 14 shall fight for you And you shall hold your peace. God, you don't, you've never seen an army or a missile 
or a tank or an airplane or a fighter jet or a bomber that compares to God when God fights for you he never loses a battle he never loses a battle stand still and see the salvation of the Lord and the Lord said to Moses why are you crying unto me it's an odd question go speak to the children of Israel that they go forward I'm going to help you with that in a moment but you Moses lift up your rod stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea that's what the Lord was talking about go forward and I behold I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they'll follow you they'll be delirious they'll think that a parting of the Red Sea is normal they'll throw caution to the wind and they'll follow you and I'm gonna, you're going to get the victory I'm going to get the honor <laughs> that's how it always works trying to tell everybody every Sunday trying to tell you if you'll give God praise if you give him glory he'll give you the victory if you don't have time to praise him you probably won't ever have the time to rejoice over the victory you'll just pause right now and just say you're good God I'm praising you for the victory and give him the honor he'll give you what you can't give yourself Now give me the honor upon Pharaoh. I'm taking down all his host. I'm going to take down all his chariots. I'm going to wipe out all his horsemen. Everybody said amen. I got to make a declaration tonight by the power and the strength of the Holy Ghost. I pray for everybody in this house just to receive the word. And those who struggle to receive it, Lord, it doesn't matter to me if they receive it or not. Those, I just pray it over them anyway. Set them free, even the people that don't have the faith and they're doubting, they're questioning their own mind. I, I pray in the name of Jesus, set them free. In the name of Jesus, I pray. You are the great God Almighty. You may be seated when you get there. Clap your hands and rejoice and shout a little bit to God while you're seated. I got to cover a little now. Moses says, stand still. And God says, tell them to go forward. It's not a conflict. They're not contradictory one against the other. Moses is telling the people, stand still. See the salvation, Lord. Be patient. Don't panic. God's able to do something that you cannot imagine. You've never seen before. But God was telling Moses something different. It was not a contradiction. It was not in conflict. It was not polarization. God was emphasizing forward movement. Speak to the people to move forward in the miracle. Because heretofore in the Bible in history, no one had ever walked in between walls of water. 
No one had ever walked in between walls of water. There were no aquariums yet. But when they walked through walls of water, I just wonder if it was a big aquarium and massive carp and dolphins and a big humpback whale was on that side. And the fine mist, <laughs> I don't know, cooling them as they walked by. Because it might be almost as difficult, maybe just as difficult, to walk in the miracle as it is to believe it can happen. I believe in God's given people miracles. You just haven't walked in it. You haven't been walking. You're afraid to go forward. He's part of things, but you ain't took the first step. That's why God said, speak to the people. Tell them, move forward. Don't be afraid. Move forward. I know that it looks peculiar. I know you've never walked in between the Red Sea. I've just got to tell somebody, you're in the right place at the right time, in the right house, under the right authority, here in the right word of God. God's bringing you through. He has opened something to you. All you've got to do is walk in the miracle. Hey, I'm, I'm setting this up because I just got one thing to say. It's going to take me a long time to get to the one thing. <laughs> Moses led him out of Egypt, but the pathway was not without resistance. It never is, with, is never, it is never without resistance. Bringing people out is not as clean, as easy as it seems. In fact, I don't want this to be trite, but it's a lot, pe- a lot harder to bring to, maybe, maybe I should say this way. It's easier to get people out of Egypt than to get Egypt out of people. Because Egypt is an infestation of the soul. It blinds the eyes to God's power. It binds up faith. It leaves those who were once bound with a prison mentality. So bringing people from one place to another, there are obstacles. And the enemy of our soul is the very same enemy of our church. Let me just tell you, the devil does not want this church to survive. He is going to poke and prod and tempt and confuse and plant all kinds of junk in your minds. He wants you to fail. He wants you to go down. He's not happy that you're worshiping God. He doesn't, he's not fighting the world. He's already got them. He's going to fight you. But I stand here tonight to say we have power in the Holy Ghost. Our God is greater. of Israel they had to overcome the past it was a very difficult thing to do in fact they were failing at it because even though God had showed them his awesome power through those deafening plagues it just drowned out all of the rebuttal of Pharaoh locusts and lice and frogs and blood and pestilence and darkness and finally death the people were standing at the shoreline of the Red Sea still bound by their past experiences They were making assumptions based upon their history. They were trapped in the confines of the annals of their own time. And when all along God was making them something new, he wanted to create something new. He wanted to bring them out. The path, however, included their own humanity. It was the limitations of their mind that they could actually make it over. And they they saw this obstacle and they saw the enemy. And sometimes, I know this is difficult to, to, to realize it, but sometimes your eyes deceive you. 
Your ears confuse you. The feeling confounds you. And you've got to trust something else. Because the Bible says we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. That's hard. That's a lot easier said than done. And the doom and gloom, cloud, uh, gloom crowd, they always stand ready and willing to offer their predetermined commentary about our inevitable downfall. Including the mix is the human emotions and expressions. And in that, all of that comes this great mounting opposition to the church and to your life. It's a small word that boasts of great prison cells. It's bound a lot of people. It's hindered a lot of churches. It's stopped the mobility of a lot of thousand churches over in congregations. It's called fear. Fear works on your mind. Every day it works on your mind. It does damage to your heart. It makes the word of God seem distant. Even perhaps God's power is not real and strength for someone else. Fear makes the prophetic word unrealistic and it causes you to doubt the very thing that God has proven over and over again. Even fear will cause you to remember something that never happened. Did we tell you not to bring us out of here. Didn't you? Didn't, weren't there enough graves over there? We didn't have to die here. We told you to leave us alone. At one point they said there was bread and there were onions and there was food back in Egypt. We had all that we would ever want. That was not true. But fear causes you to think things that were never real in the first place. Fear. Fear. Perhaps you've heard of our own natural bodies response to sudden conflict I guess everyone maybe most everyone has heard or maybe is familiar with the fight or flight response could be described as our reaction to a stimuli which we perceive as a threat it happens when you react to something you think is a threat even if it is not so given the moment it's said that you will either run or you will fight. Either way, your instinct for survival is engaged and there's an increase in blood flow and awareness. In layman's terms, your brain lights up like a Christmas tree. Neurons and the synapses process. Impulses are jumping in rapid form. Heart rate rockets upward. The veins feel the rush of adrenaline. It's time to run or fight. Both uses very similar energies of the body. To run is to escape. To fight is to defend. The danger might be very real. It, it might not be what it always is, but it could be very real if it's real to you. But there is a survival-oriented acute stress response that begins to operate when you see that sudden conflict, accurately or not. If you assess the immediate menacing force as something you potentially have the power to defeat, then you stand in fight mode and you raise your fist. In those instances, the hormones released by your sympathetic nervous system, especially adrenaline, prime you to do battle, and then hopefully you win. You might be outmatched, but your brain has told you that you can win. And I submit that not a few have told themselves a lie. They start fighting and they lost, but at least they fought. That's the fight mode. And conversely, on the other side, if you view the antagonistic force as too powerful to overcome, your impulse is to outrun them, to maybe to be faster than them. And now you're in an all-out sprint to try to get away. The goal is to get away. Go, run, 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 run. 
This has been for many years, decades even, the accepted and conclusive human response. Fight or flight. It was either one or the other. Fight, stand, fist the cuff, or run. Stand up or get away. But in review, and as doctors began to see their patients over the years, research physicians realized that there is another lesser known response. It's not really talked about very much. Watch this now. They could see it in a child if they were looking, but most of the time it was difficult to see it in a child. It really wasn't detected until adulthood because at the child stage, they weren't privy to the actions. They were finally privy to the adults that came in to see them. And even though it happened in the developmental stages, it was seen later on in their life. The researchers say that they see it most of the time when it's too late to do anything about it. It's not just fight or flight. It's another thing. It's called fight, flight, or freeze. And in moments of high tension, when the home is a wreck, perhaps parents begin to fight and cursing and throwing, threatening divorce, or a sibling dies suddenly. An accident happens. Maybe a tragedy there have been moments when there was a home invasion. Everybody's sleeping and thieves broke in while they were sleeping and everybody woke up and the children are awake and they're screaming because there are people in the home. It's not always fight or flight, which we understand, but there's a third response, is freeze, which adds a crucial dimension as to who and why people live and how they live when they're older. It's neither aggressive or passive. It's coping. It's the blank stare. And the research physicians wrote, this is when you develop when you're young, but it happens, it reveals itself when you're older. It overwhelms you. And I quote from the doctor, leaves you paralyzed in fear. Phobias, panic attacks, obsessive compulsive behaviors, various anxiety states can frequently be understood as symptoms, he wrote, of a freeze response that never had the chance to let go or thaw out once the original experience was over. It happened in development. A vicious animal sinks its teeth into the arm or the neck of a child and they are paralyzed with fear. They freeze. They cannot run. They cannot fight. It's pure terror. The moment may come to an end, but something is being developed in them that may never, they may never, ever, ever forget. It besieges their decisions and actions all the rest of their life. Relationships and responses are filtered through the freeze. When other people are open, even emotionally uh, open around them, they feel numb to it. They have disassociated themselves from the moment because they are immobilized. And it began in their formative years. The freeze, not fight, not flight. It was freeze that left them incapacitated to make a response. Some people call it blocking. Just wishing to return to the moments before the trouble. Even if those moments were adverse and painful, if they get caught in the freeze, they would rather go back to the bad than be pinned in by a, by a condition that they can't get out of. They would rather be hungry, cold, rejected, destitute than to be caught in the panic. <laughs> oh, man. Don't you know that God knew everything when he was saying? And, and Moses stood up and said, now just be patient. Have 
confidence God's going to bring us out and the Lord said hey listen don't just cry to me you tell the people they cannot stay where they are they got to move forward because they're in a state of panic I'm going to open it up I'm going to give them a miracle but if they develop the freeze where they're at it's going to be their natural response the rest of their life I brought them out and I brought them to this place but no way you got you've got to do something you got to fight you got to fight but you cannot freeze you got to do something but you can't stay where you are God knew what they were going through and they said we'd rather go back you mean in chains and prisons and being whipped you mean building all of Egypt and not getting any money in return? You mean having masters over you? You mean having all of your freedoms taken away? Yeah, because I cannot be in panic. And they were just about to freeze when God said, move the people forward. When I read the report and did the research, began to dig a little more, the Lord spoke to me and he put me on a mission in my mind and for the church. And I'm given to do something here tonight that the Lord commissioned me to do. He gave me the word. Let me just tell you what the word of God says in Luke chapter 10 verse 19. Here's what Jesus said. That's why I know I have authority. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by enemies hurt you. Jesus said the next verse, the spirits are subject unto you. That's why I stand here with confidence in the Holy Ghost. I have the power and you have the power we have the power to tread on serpents and scorpions i'm standing here tonight as an intercessor to take dominion over fear feel like that captain that got his people together and I feel like the enemy is listening in on a conversation he don't understand everything but I got a word for all the people we're going to make it we're going to overcome we're going to be conquerors we're going to defeat the enemy I take them Oh, I'm about to, I want to get a hold of it. I want to crush it. I'm going to put it under my feet because the Lord said the spirits are subject unto us. I stand to take dominion. I stand to execute judgment over all the power of the enemy, every evil spirit, every demonic thing, every serpent. The serpent and the scorpion are two different creatures. Both have venom, things that bite and things that sting, things that get in your bloodstream, the venom that has become a generational bondage. I raise the banner tonight in the name of Jesus in this house against every moment of the past that has worked against you. I plead the blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God, over every memory that has held you in hostage I pray right now for all the people I release you against fear there is no fear there is no fear because God has given us the victory what I feel the Lord told me while I was praying for you. I've been interceding for the whole church and this is what the Lord told me. He said tell the people I've seen where they came from but if they stay too long in the place they'll have a different response. They'll start to freeze up and then they'll say we had it good 
everybody liked us when we were in the world. We had a good. We didn't. I don't know why we came this far. I'm gonna tell you, that's a lie of the devil. The devil put that in your mind. I don't care. Your worst day in the church is your is is better than your greatest day in the world. I'd rather be in a tent than to dwell in the whole congregation of the wicked. Let me tell you, your most troubling day in the church is still better than your greatest day in the world. And you tell me, yeah, but you don't understand, Pastor. My family's in a mess. Yeah, I know that. But God is a way maker. You don't understand, Pastor. I got a lot of sickness, yeah. But your Jesus is a great physician. I, this is, this, I'm almost done. I got to proclaim this now. In the name of Jesus, I take dominion over fear. Your word said it. Your word said it. Now I know, listen, listen. Don't overthink this. Don't, don't belittle it or dilute it or minimize it or dumb it down. Well, you just can't say the words. Really? Who said that? Who said that? Jesus said, get, get behind me, Satan. The devil came to him and tried to accuse him. And the Lord made a couple of statements and said, this is, this, this is what the Lord, this is a word. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus it is written. And when he said it three times, the devil had to leave him. Hear me. I believe when you speak in the name of Jesus, you're chasing away every foul spirit. Every time I'm confused or attacked in my mind, I open up my mouth and I say, Jesus, Jesus. Every time I have a wicked thought come, I put my hand on my head and say, I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind. I'm not telling you you don't need counseling. I'm not telling you you don't need help and a counselor and a friend. But I will tell you, you ought to open up your mouth. And instead of proclaiming what was wrong, you ought to open up your mouth and say, I've got the name and I've got the blood. I'm here to take dominion over fear. And I got a word for somebody. If you will give him the glory, he'll give you the victory. Hey, don't take my word for it. Take the word of God. Isaiah 41.10. Fear thou not. Hey. I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Come on, give God praise. That's the word of God. Be careful for 
nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. But in everything, you pray and you come and say, thank you, Lord. I know I'm in the middle of trouble, but I'm going to praise you. And I get to bring everything before you with prayer and thanksgiving. Hear the word. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ That's Jesus. a promise of the Lord. That's a promise of the word. He's going to keep you. He's going to keep you. Don't be anxious. Don't be fearful. Pause right now. Just stand right now and lift your hands. We have dominion over every sickness here. We have dominion over leukemia. We have dominion over over all the cancers. We have dominion over all of that. We have dominion over every spirit, every pain, every affliction, every memory. Yay! Wait. Hear the word. What's the word say? What's the word say? For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Isaiah 43 and 1, but now, this is what the Lord says, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, and if I may, I'll personalize it here right now, but now, this is what the Lord says, he who created you, O Dawn Miller, he who formed you, Christina Dawn, fear not, for I have redeemed you, I have summoned you by my name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, Come on, your the Holy choice. One of Israel, your Savior. It's the word of the Lord. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. Have I not commanded you? <laughs> be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Thy word had be found. I didn't eat them. They were the joy and rejoicing of my heart. A Psalm of David, 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom should I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, 
came upon me to eat of my flesh, it stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp around against me, my heart shall not fear. Though a war should rise against me, in this will I be content in the Lord. Hear the word. Yes. One more time. Hear the word. Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. Wait a second. Yes. The Lord, wait, wait a second. Wait a second, mother. The Lord thy God that is in the midst of you, he's mighty. He's in this house. He's mighty. He's mighty. Say it. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. Yes. He will rest in his love. Yay. He will joy over thee with singing. Oh. The Lord, thank God, in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with All the people of faith, lift your voice right now and say it. We take dominion over fear. We take dominion over every memory. We take dominion over power. We take dominion over principalities. We take dominion over every spirit that opposes itself. We take dominion over everything. We have the power and the authority in the Holy Ghost. freeze don't freeze just go on move forward grow in God don't give up don't panic it don't matter what it looks like God is on your side release that to the Lord and if you have any doubts just give God glory right now and just say you're the great God I don't know how you're going to do it but I'll praise you in advance
I know it's a little disconcerting if you've never done it before. But if you feel the Lord, all you have to do is give him praise. And you just praise the Lord. You just praise him. And what your praise does, it, it brings in the presence of God. And your praise and adoration begins to begins to begins to build a place for the Lord to dwell and this is what the Lord wants tonight you don't have to figure it all out but praise his name praise him for his mighty acts praise him for his excellent greatness praise him with music praise him with your hands David said praise him in the dance